Dorit. Hello, I have Chloe with me. Hiya, Chloe, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hiya, Donna. I'm Chloe Hammond, um, author of the Darkly Vampire trilogy. Um, I'm in my 40s and I wanted to write the books I wanted to read. I was uh, a bit fed up of a lack of, sort of you know, your, your dark fantasy for the older reader, so I wrote them. Did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Absolutely. I first discovered poet, writing poetry when I was about seven or eight. That was it, I was hooked. Just making words do, you know, create what you want them to create so that the pictures that you can paint with them I absolutely loved it but it's it's one of those things I, I wrote through school and through university because I was lucky enough to do creative writing as part of my degree and then it was always one of those things I'll do some writing soon I'll do some writing school soon but I had that idea in my head that it had to be perfect so i kept putting it off putting it off to like the time and the energy to sit down and make it perfect and obviously you know predictably it, it didn't happen but then uh, I actually got really quite ill with um, anxiety and depression and as part of that I was having some really really nasty nightmares that uh, ended up becoming scenes in the in my books but it was while I was so ill with that, that I sort of accepted I had to completely change how I was living and part of what I needed to do was embrace the creative side of myself again rather than just always focusing on other people take a bit of time back for me and that was what my writing became was the the me time because once I get off into my head into my little adventures that's it I'm gone I've always been a daydreamer so this was like daydreaming on steroids for me I loved it <laughs> and did you say it was vampires that you wrote about yeah, the this first trilogy has been vampires, and I've also got ideas for an Earth Angel novel, which is probably what I'm going to write next after I finished the third one of the trilogy, and also a ghost story. So yeah, I've done a couple of short stories and things that have been published into collections, but my main novels are vampires, but not the supernatural vampire as such, my vampires, uh, um, people that have been infected by a virus. So it's, the, the virus works to, um, can I go back through the human DNA and go down all those little pathways that we didn't take as we evolved and bring in all these amazing strengths and, and things from, that are out there in the animal world and really sort of like um, make them more, just make them more really. So it's each vampire has a slightly different skill set, a slightly different um, particular gift, main gift, and um, different things that they're good or not so good at. <laughs> And what did you enjoy coming up with most uh, sort of characteristics of the vampires or the worlds that they lived in or the, <clears throat> what they got up to? <clears throat> um, 
I think it was it was sort of a bit of everything really. Um because I, I I took, like I said, I took the sort of central ideas came from those really scary nightmares I was having that they were sort of when how my characters introduced themselves to me because my characters are very much got lives of their own and I will have an idea of you know how a scene will go or how a book will go and they're like no I think you'll find it's not going like that we're doing this and then I have to write that instead so like they'll just introduce characters that I had no idea were going to be in the book and, and all sorts so it's yeah it's it's a very organic process for me and um so it's I think that's what I enjoy the most is kind of finding out where the story is going to go because I only the 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 vaguest idea when I sat down to start writing it it was I just had these scenes I needed to write and these characters that needed to introduce themselves to the world and and off they went if you were able to take out one of your characters for a meal, who would you choose and what would you ask them? Um, that's a really hard one. Because <laughs> if I took Ray, Layla would be jealous. If I took Layla, Ray would really have her nose put out. So... Maybe it'd be one of the lesser characters. Get to know one of them a bit better. Maybe it'd be Georgette, the little healer that uh, was, she was um, turned by one of the bad vampires, but because she's such a sweet soul, she never turned bad and so ended up becoming friends with the goodies. Are there any limits to where you'll go with your stories? Um, not really. Um, I do tackle issues that a lot of people would find um, safer left alone. Um, I. I come from a background of working in the support sector and um, sort of with vulnerable people. And one of the places my anger comes from is working with people who've been abused, um, having to deal with some of the people that were doing the abusing, watching the system fail to tackle them. And so one of my motives I think for having this vampire character was about exacting revenge for those who couldn't themselves so although I go to places that a lot of people would leave alone I like to think I do it in a carefully and you know a well-balanced way it's it, it comes from the many many experiences I've had and and um, and some of my own experiences as well so it's yeah I do go there but I like to do it with with consideration and a certain delicacy um without spoilers what's been one of the most fun streams that you've written and what's been one of the most difficult the most fun 
<laughs> it's actually it's a bit of a bizarre story. I was writing a scene, and when I read it back, I realised, oh, hang on, I've made a bit of a mistake there. I'd used one of my vampire's gifts, and actually she wouldn't have needed to use that one. She would have used a different one. Um, because um, all vampires can compel their victims, which is to calm them and... and keep them subdued like a weasel does with a rabbit they, they can they can do that and um that's what she should have done to this this um prey that she was carrying back for the for the rest of the um pride but i'd made the mistake and written that she used her glamour gift which is what her her specific gift was just that just of her and that is to make herself really enticing um so she'd used that and as a result there were some messy consequences when she was carrying this man <laughs> and I was like oh no I'm gonna have to whole, completely rewrite that scene and then I thought no actually that's exactly the kind of thing that Ray would do she would use the wrong gift and end up in a mess and feel like an idiot in front of a much more sophisticated and more able vampire friends and and so I left it in and yeah it, it, everybody was ready it's made them laugh and <laughs> I was when I sort of tweaked it out and, and made it work really well I was really pleased with the scene but funny that it came from what it felt like a mistake and actually it was kind of right just say no that's that's me I'm a klutz <laughs> Oh, the, the image of someone misusing a gift and being called a klutz is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she's a very clumsy vampire. <laughs> I mean, vampires that aren't clumsy are quite scary enough without, you know, clumsy vampires. <laughs> um, yeah. um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages or Easter eggs in your book? Um, yes, quite often there'll be the my characters' names often have little messages in them. Um, one of the things I've kind of because with my vampires not really being supernatural, they're um victims of this virus. I have it that they've always tried to spread disinformation to actually hide behind so that their humans are not allowed to know of their existence and I've actually used little bits of vampire myth and legend in there it was like um one vampire's descended into madness so his partner lays out seeds for and beans for him to count because it keeps him um focused and, and not running away from her and, and causing havoc if you just sit and counts because that's one of the old legends is that you can distract a vampire by throwing beans at them and I just thought oh yeah I can just pop that bit in and it's like yeah you can go out in daylight but you shouldn't <laughs> so yeah there's little scatterings of those sorts of things in there um, if you were able to be a character in any book, which book would you choose? Ooh. I think 
it, it sounds a bit of a cliche, but I think it would have to be Anne Rice's interview with a vampire because she wrote so richly of that deep south gothic lifestyle. It's just always fascinated me. I'd absolutely love to discover that that area of the world, that era. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, Louis does really look like Brad Pitt, so... <laughs> um, when you're editing your books, what's your most favourite word or phrase? Oh, my word. Um, I have many. Um, it drives me crazy when I'm doing the editing. One of the things I hadn't even noticed I did was that instead of putting, I am sitting, I'd put, I sat. And it was one of my lovely readers who pointed it out to me. And I was like, no, I am sat. That's right, I was, I was put, I am sat, rather than I, I am sitting. And as soon as she pointed it out, I was like, oh my goodness, that's awful. <laughs> I had to go through and sort them all out. But yeah, I do, uh, I have a very lucky to have some really reliable, Beta, alpha and beta readers for me who do pick up because being dyslexic I have some terrible spelling mistakes and some awful grammar mistakes and I rely very heavily on, on my wonderful friends to help me with them and then my editors. So, yeah. um, what's been your absolute highlight so far since the very first moment when you sat down to write till today? Um... I've had a couple actually getting the first one, you know, pressing publish and, and the first one's published. I was so excited it gave me a migraine. <laughs> um, then the next most exciting thing was chatting to somebody on Facebook actually about jewellery. And it, she wasn't one of my friend circles, she wasn't anything, and she'd read my book. And that was the most exciting feeling ever that somebody that hadn't read it because one of my friends had told them to, or you know, she just read my book because one of her friends had recommended it to her. That was incredibly exciting. Yeah. And then the final most recent thing has been um, getting my publishing offer from Spellbound Publishers because they're complete run by women I really admire it's a company I really admire the other authors are all people I really admire so it's it's really really exciting I can't wait for the books to actually go live with them yeah they're pretty cool <laughs> I agree <laughs> <laughs> um and it just made you completely forget what I was going to ask you oh yeah have you made lots of author bases and started writing have I made lots of what sorry author friends yeah, and that's one of the things I have really, really loved about becoming an author. And I was self-published for the first sort of six years of my writing through choice. So I'd had a couple of offers off publishers, small publishers. None of them felt like quite the right fit um, until Spellbound. And it was that building this 
worldwide community that's been for me the most rewarding thing and they're, they're some of them are authors some of them are, um, are bloggers some of them are just readers most of them are authors and readers and sharing so much um of the journey with with each other whether that be reading each other's work doing anthologies together um just cheerleading for each other I absolutely love it. And do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Um, yes and no. Book one got more feedback. And I always love feeding, getting feedback, whether it be negative criticism or positive we loved it because with the negative criticism I can do something with that I can work to make it better with the yeah we loved it that gives me that you know when because I don't know I'm sure every other author you speak to gets them as well as those dark nights of the soul where you're like what am I doing why am I doing this why bother why am I inflicting my terrible writing on the world and then you get a lovely review and you're like wow that's why but yeah I, I do need more more reviews and more feedback on book two so if anybody wants to read book two and tell me what they think that would be very gratefully received <laughs> and if you're able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with mm. probably terry pratchett he was so dry, so clever, so funny. I think he would have been fascinating to sit and just talk to about how he wove those intricate threads together. Because I still think his witches characters are some of the best written female characters ever. Yeah, he's a popular choice actually. I've, I've never I've started to read one of his books I've never finished it I don't know why but I must try the, try the witches ones they're his best as far as I've seen uh it's not lords and ladies is his very first one maybe it is but there's one where they're just sort of very first being introduced as characters and then the, you go on to read all of them and I am granny weatherwax I've decided and <laughs> um, are you going to any literary festivals or any signing events this year well I was supposed to be going to the crime one in Wales and now they've changed it to being online instead so no everything I plan to do at the moment is getting cancelled but if I see any that are actually happening that are in traveling distance then yeah I will I will try and get to the I do love to doing events, either online or in person, getting to chat to people and stuff. It's really nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. As a blogger and a reader, I love it. It's great. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The saying that authors are our rock stars, which is just true. We'd fangirl more over authors probably than someone famous. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what do you like to do when you're not writing? Uh, I love my job, so I spend 
a lot of my time and energy goes on that. Um, I enjoy cooking. Um, I started keto last January for me and my husband's health. And uh, most of that you, you have to cook for you know, from scratch for most of the recipes. So that's really got me back in the kitchen. Um, but it's fun. I enjoy learning new ways of doing things. Um, I'm reading. That's always been my thing since I was a, a little girl. I can't go to sleep without a book. When I finished university, I went off to France for a couple of months, you know, you know an adventure, having a hitchhike down through France and working. At the, and I only took one book with me. And I don't know why I thought that would be okay. I don't know how, what I thought I was going to do. But when I ran out of it, oh, my goodness, it was a nightmare. I was reading five-day-old newspapers, <laughs> the sports pages, just have them to read. And then, thank goodness, I discovered a shop in uh, Tours, a little beautiful little town, that, and they sold the um, classics for 10 francs, <laughs> which was a pound. So I've read a lot more classics than I ever would have normally. <laughs> this is how I've read the Harry Potter book so many times. I went away and I took, I don't know if it's the first two or the first three. We're only away a week. And I'd finished it because they're quite short as well. Got to the end, started again, started with book one again. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you need, you have to have something to read. It's, yeah, it's a law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God for Kindles now. This was pre-Kindle. Now Kindle, yeah. just go yeah. buy something else, it's fine. Yeah, I just can't get on with e-readers. I just, it just doesn't feel like reading to me. And they have done research into it. There are some people that just can't absorb information the same way off the electronic screen. It needs to be off the page. And I think it's, for me, it's the difference between reading for work and reading for pleasure. And that's... It, that's how I get my my relax is to lie there and read my book. I know I must admit I never thought I'd be converted. I do like proper books, and then I was given a book, and I found out it was the first of two, and I got to the end, and I needed to know what happened, so I went and got it on Kindle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that was it. I was converted. And then I started art reading and beta reading and blog touring. And that's all electronic. So, yeah, yeah. totally. That's it. I'm converted. So now reading a real book is a real treat. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> hmm? yeah, it's my love of uh, paper backs as, as cause. I wouldn't say arguments between me and my husband, but firm discussions, so we say. <laughs> Just the amount. When when I moved house, because I had a massive bedroom in my old house and I only got a small bedroom, I had to get rid of a lot of my books. Just, you know, the, the normal books, not my special ones. I've kept my special sets. And I think... <sighs> Something like 160 kilos of books went to the book recycling place. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it's funny though, since having a Kindle, how I still seem to gain lots of paperbacks because authors send me signed ones, which is amazing and I love. 
you've got to keep oh. them then yeah yeah <laughs> and and they're all special every single one of them is special and yeah. you know some of the inscriptions are just really sweet so yeah, yeah. I seem to still be growing a collection of paperbacks <laughs> <laughs> I started off with one and I thought, if ever there's a fire, I can rescue that one, grab the dog, and it's fine. Now I have loads, and I'm like, okay, please don't ever let No fires, no fires, no candles allowed in this house. My little bees. <laughs> um, random question. If you had to be stuck in a TV show for a day, what would you choose? Now, do I go for something sensible that I'd actually really want to live in? Like, I don't know, Great British Bake Off or something with all the cakes? Or do I go for something exciting? See, I don't think I can resist True Blood because Eric, I mean, Eric. I think Game of Thrones would be fun, but I also think I wouldn't survive I, very long. <laughs> I could probably be dead in about five seconds in that series. I might last about 20 seconds in two words. <laughs> yeah, I thought of it, you know, in those five seconds to 20 seconds, you've got to see the dragons, then that's fine. I could live with that then, maybe. <laughs> as long as the other ones ate you, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know, I don't fancy that. No. I'd rather just be stabbed or can't have my head cut off so it was quick. And <laughs> um, who was your first celebrity crush? Celebrity crush. Do you mean character or actor? Either or whoever. Um my favourite actor is a bit of an odd one most people probably don't find him attractive but I've always liked the quirky men and it would be Adrian Brody yep. <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah I, I just love how much he completely immerses himself into his characters and yeah he's got those beautiful eyes <laughs> Yeah, that is a big part of Paul Walker um, and his eyes are, yeah, totally understand that. <laughs> Guys always showing off other bits of themselves and it's just the eyes that we want to see, really. Yeah, definitely. That's it. It's all the rest of it. Keep that hidden. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all just out of packaging. It's the soul that matters and that's how you see it. It's through the eyes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of centuries on, they still haven't learned this, bless them. <laughs> um, if you were stranded on a desert island, what three things would you want with you? Well, see, that, that situation, I'd need a Kindle because that's the only way I could have that many books in one place. A Kindle, a solar charger... And a water filter, so I could turn seawater into drinking water. I'd be quite happy then. There'd be no need to come and rescue me. <laughs> yeah, so I think you're not planning on escaping anytime soon. You just yeah, load up the TPR. <laughs> Look at the sea, enjoy the sun, read my books, happy. <laughs> um, so are you working on anything at the moment? And um, what's next for you? 
I am indeed. I'm uh, in the final couple of chapters of the third book of the trilogy. Finally, I'm a very slow writer, very slow reader, even slower writer. Um, so people who have enjoyed book one and two have been on at me for a while to get it written and it's nearly finished. Um, and then once I finish that, then I will start my Earth Angel book because uh, she keeps booting my brain because she wants to get written as well now. <laughs> um, well, I can't think of any more questions for you unless you think there's anything that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. No, I think you've asked me a lovely range of very, very interesting questions indeed. I've really enjoyed our chat. Good. Um, so just before we go, would you like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you and where they can get your books from? If people go to my website, which is www.chloehammondauthor.com, then they've got, uh, there is information about the books. There's a little short film and there's a couple of blog posts so they can use that then to find the links to my to the two novels of my trilogy plus a couple of the collections I'm in um, which also support charity um, so yeah they can have a good old explore of my writing and my my crazy world <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much <laughs> thank you indeed